Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. From API, this is Energy Tomorrow Radio, your source for information and conversation about the most important energy issues of the day. Welcome to Energy Tomorrow Radio. I'm your host, Jane Van Ryan. The financial landscape for energy producers has changed completely in the past few weeks. Oil prices, which hit a high of $147 a barrel in July, have fallen by more than 50%. Oil-producing countries that were enjoying their energy wealth are now becoming concerned about their budgets. And just last week, the OPEC oil ministers met and decided to cut production by 1.5 million barrels a day to shore up oil prices. How did all this happen? Well, Howard Simons is with us on the telephone today to talk about the financial and oil price earthquake that has rocked many economies in our world. Howard is the strategist for Bianco Research in Chicago, and I'd like to add that he's an independent analyst and does not speak for API. Welcome, Howard. Well, thank you, Jane. Now, Howard, you've been watching the markets for several years. What accounts for this drop in oil prices? The biggest uh, factor is uh, one that you actually can't account for uh, economically. The uh, simple answer is that there's a uh, drop-off in demand globally associated with the uh, ongoing uh, and very rapidly onsetting uh, recession. Uh, And that has uh, been uh, evidenced uh, in the U.S. and a large drop in vehicle miles travel has been evidenced in a uh, significant slowdown in industrial production in China. And uh, some have uh, even pointed to uh, Chinese uh, stockpiling, or maybe I should even say alleged stockpiling, of uh, distillate uh, fuels uh, before the uh, Summer Olympics. But the real factor we have going on, not only in crude oil, but in all commodities, is this deleveraging trade that is uh, credit has uh, dried up around the world and as asset prices have fallen, everybody is selling anything they can to raise cash and are withdrawing investments. And that has produced not only a significant drop in the uh, price of crude oil, but in nearly all other uh, commonly traded commodities and in indices associated with the movement of those uh, commodities dry freight indices, tanker tariffs. So this was a, a global and indeed a, a somewhat universal drop in uh, all commodity prices. It'd be really easy if I could point to, uh, to some drop in crude oil demand, which means that the OPEC uh, price cut may be in a uh, or production cut, may be uh, the inappropriate uh, response if uh, if there's a fear in the market and nobody wants to own anything for forward delivery, then cutting current production does nothing to address that fear and indeed may contribute uh, to uh, global recessionary fears. Hmm. Well, now that's an interesting take. I haven't heard anybody say that in the past. But you know, the thing that I've been struck by, Howard, is the fact that prices have come down so fast. Amazing. 
Yeah, and that's welcome news for everyone who uses gasoline, of course, because gasoline prices have declined very quickly as well. Did you see any indications in the market that this sudden downturn might be coming? Yes, uh, right at the 4th of July holiday, there were a number of uh, the uh, energy stocks, particularly on the upstream side, the exploration and production uh, side, that started uh, to fall very, very abruptly, not only in absolute terms, but relative to the uh, U.S. uh, stock market averages. They fell about two weeks prior uh, to the peak in crude oil and slightly ahead of the uh, peak in uh, in natural gas, uh, I might add, that was a uh, that was a tip off that something was amiss. Uh, the fundamental equity analysts were all saying that's impossible. These uh, these drillers all have backlogs on their books. They don't have enough uh, manpower. They don't have enough uh, uh, equipment. They don't have enough uh, you know skilled uh, you know skilled labor out there. Uh, they're not. They're, there's there's got to be something different going on, and I was no. They uh, they are probably telling you that this hundred and forty uh, you know dollar price is not going to be sustainable for that long. The stock market got it right uh, that uh, that uh, the the price of uh, crude oil at that level was simply not sustainable, uh, and happened to fall. And indeed, earnings estimates for those companies fell after their stock prices fell. So that was an interesting tip-off. Now, I might add that at the very end of last week, uh, the opposite situation started to apply. They started to see outperformance in an absolutely dreadful uh, uh, global stock market, I might add. Talking about outperformance these days is is a very relative uh, term, where these upstream equities started to outperform the broad market. And that may be a signal that the sudden and abrupt drop, this three-month you know, collapse, uh, may be drawing near a, near a, near a close. But um, one thing that I've learned in 30 years in the energy business is uh, give them a number or give them a date, but don't ever give them both. <laughs> well, you're talking about the lower oil prices here, obviously. But tell me, what do they mean for energy companies? Some have already reported that they're planning to adjust their spending next year. You, you always do. Uh, we've uh, we've been through this uh, cycle before. Uh, the uh, the good part about uh, having a lot of experience is you've seen some uh, some of these things before. The bad part is it means you're getting a lot older. But uh, we we saw the same uh, phenomenon in the early 1980s with alternative energy projects. We saw it in the uh, in the late 1980s where the, everybody had to start cutting back their upstream uh, uh, you know capital budgets. We certainly saw it in the late uh, 1990s, and during those previous waves of capital spending drawdown, we also saw major consolidations uh, in the industry. The, uh, the, the simple way to put it was they were drilling for oil on, on Wall Street. The reality is that uh, as you uh, have to withdraw capital spending, the uh, companies that have larger budgets and can consolidate costs and can drive it only the most uh, uh, cost-efficient and profitable projects are going to, uh, to stay in business. So the, uh, the, 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 uh, the cutback in the upstream uh, capital expenditure, that's, that's, a, that's a given. Things that were possible at $140 are not possible at 60 
Now, the companies right now are in the process of announcing their third quarter earnings, and so far, with only three or four companies reporting, it appears that on average they've had earnings of about, oh, a little over a dime on each dollar of sales in the third quarter, which was before the oil prices declined to the present levels. So how does that compare with other industries' earnings? Uh, the oil industry and indeed all resource industries, all uh, all capital-intensive uh, industries that depend upon uh, large fixed investments to find and move and market large quantities of material uh, tend to have, on average, uh, industry standard profitability. It's only on those rare occasions where a market will dislocate and the money falls into your lap and you can't get out of the way that the oil industry ever has supernormal uh, uh, profitability. And I might add, it's gone through some very lean times, uh, too. I remember the uh, industry cutbacks in the early and mid-'80s and the late-1990s, those consolidation waves uh, that, I've, uh, that I've talked about. If anybody uh, has uh, ever pulled up to a gasoline pump and thinks that they're paying more than they uh, feel they have a right to be paying because the oil industry is making too much, uh, the facts never never support that, but then again, the political reality is that's just the way that uh, the people think. You'll never change it. Uh, if we have a concern in this country about retirement stability, pension plans, investments, uh, then we should really want all industries in this country to operate more efficiently, and that should mean greater profits, higher stock prices, I think that that's actually more of an uh, ongoing day-to-day -day concern right now uh, with the investing class, which is more than half the American uh, population, uh, than a, a few cents uh, a gallon here and there. Let me kind of change our topic a little bit here. We've been talking about the price of gasoline and oil domestically, but now let's look at it internationally. Because the publicly owned companies that are household names in the United States uh, are really fairly small in comparison to the nationally owned companies that are in China and elsewhere. What what do the lower oil prices mean for those energy producing countries and their big oil companies? It's almost uh, unmitigated bad news. Um, if you're Mexico, your government earnings are essentially linked uh, at the hip to Pmex. Ditto for Nigeria with Nigerian National Petroleum or PDVSA in Venezuela. And you can go up and down the list. The uh, state oil companies have had the, uh, the largest uh, reserves. They are the largest producers. And they are not profit maximizers. They're revenue maintainers. And so when the price falls, the only way they can maintain revenue is to try and step up production, uh, which kind of flies in the face of that one and a half million uh, barrel a day uh, production cut that, uh, that OPEC announced. So if you're looking at the government finances in, in Russia, uh, throughout the Middle East, they're, they're suffering right now. It's easy to spend the money when it comes in hand over fist. You make a lot of friends doing that. It's very hard to cut back when people feel that uh, they've been entitled. I saw last uh, week that there was a, a walkout at the Kuwaiti Stock Exchange by the traders uh, because they felt that the government was
was not doing enough to uh, support the market. We know that in Russia, uh, where they've had some just absolutely horrific falls in their uh, in their stock market, the government has actually closed the market on on several days. Uh, they're going to have to cut back, and that that's very hard. It's also very hard on the countries who send expatriate labor to work in oil-producing countries. So, for example, the Egyptians and the Pakistanis and Filipinos who go to the Middle East to work on the oil projects, they're going to be the first ones to suffer. We've already seen that in Mexico and in Venezuela and Nigeria. So you're going to be getting this ripple effect uh, what I call the peripheral countries, and uh, it's 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 gonna it's gonna be a major shock. There's no question about it. Uh, when you withdraw easy money, nobody likes it. And so when you layer OPEC's action on top of all that, what kind of an impact are we looking at? Uh, cartels, historically in any commodity, uh, can only uh, work uh, when they can ration production in a rising market, not in a uh, in a uh, falling market. So we're probably going to go back to the days of, uh, of cheating within OPEC, of oil producers in OPEC and out, outside of OPEC. So let's add, you know, let's add Russia, Norway, the UK, uh, the uh, uh, Mexico. You're going to see those countries trying to produce uh, at their maximum to try and maintain revenue. Uh, it's true in all resource projects that you will push down uh, the price you're willing to accept in some cases below the marginal cost of production simply to try and cover your fixed cost and maintain your revenue. And when we saw this uh, in, the, uh, in, in the 80s, it was bad news for the producers. It was good news ultimately uh, in the consuming uh, countries. We saw it in the late 90s, very bad news for the producers good news ultimately for the consuming countries, I don't see why we wouldn't have the same pattern repeat. And that's really the issue, isn't it? That the industry is indeed cyclical, so we're experiencing a Yogi Bear moment? Is this deja vu all over again? Do I think that the long-term uh, price of crude oil is going to go up? You know, global demand growth is right out there. Uh, you know, China is not going to be smaller. India is not going to be smaller. Uh, your cost of production are rising, and your returns on that investment uh, always diminished. That's just simply a reality in the resource world. So we're already setting up for the next up cycle. We don't know when it's going to come, but you can bet that it will. Howard Simons, thank you so much for joining us today on Energy Tomorrow Radio. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Energy Tomorrow Radio, brought to you by the people of America's oil and natural gas industry. For more information about this podcast or to submit questions for future shows, visit energytomorrow.org. That's energytomorrow.org. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. 
online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.